0: Hello, hello listeners and friends, this is Kim C and you're listening to The Year of Underrated Stephen King, a one-woman book podcast that is consistently mining the king's gold in every unexplored novel and story. Happy New Year, everybody. We are almost to the end of this dreadful 2020. And to celebrate that, I am releasing not one, but two episodes to say farewell to the year that was and recap the amazing time we've had on the podcast this year. So today's episode is 21 brand new Stephen King trivia questions I wanted to share with all of you guys as we're in that weird post christmas pre new year funk where there's a lot of alcohol consumed highly caloric treats and everything's a bit foggy at least for me so i wanted to have a little bit of fun and share these trivia questions we have 21 of them as we have read collectively 19 i did not plan that totally uh serendipitous 19 Stephen King novels on the podcast this year and two Richard Bachmans, 21 total. So to celebrate that, we have 21 new trivia questions to have some fun with. So in my previous Stephen King trivia episode that I believe I released sometime in October, I did have a Jeopardy game attached to that one. I did not make a Jeopardy game for this one, but uh, if if uh, there are some requests, I'll, I'll do more Jeopardy games in the future. But how we're going to work this episode is I'm going to read in the first chunk all 21 questions twice. So I'll give each question two read-throughs, then we'll take a short break, and then when we come back, I will reveal the answers. So... There's no, unfortunately, no uh, (laughs) physical tokens of winning, mostly just street cred and your own um, sort of pride (laughs) for Stephen King knowledge. Perhaps in the future, we'll have some really fun giveaways to award all of you. But for right now, we're just going to uh, give ourselves a pat on the back. Uh, Feel free to keep score uh, in your own little notepad or on your phone as you make your way through the questions. Also, the questions that I'm about to reveal are specifically from the 21 titles that we explored as well as a few of the miniseries and films that we've talked about. So you're not gonna have a ton of questions from more popular King works. However, I did include a few. So just to kind of uh, honor all King fans across the board, there are some general Stephen King constant reader fan questions out there that I couldn't help but insert. So please stick along, uh, stay, stay, (laughs) stick with me, I should say, through these questions as you're most likely going to hear one or two that you will just 100% know if you're a constant reader, so I did include some popular questions. However, the majority are going to come from the 21 titles we have explored this year on the podcast, so uh, I hope that, yeah, I hope that you're all ready for some fun questions. Let's get going. Welcome, welcome everyone to part two of Stephen King Trivia, brought to you by the Year of Underrated Stephen King podcast. Today we have 21 freshly baked Stephen King trivia questions for all of you guys. If you are craving more, you can jump back to my part one, uh, Stephen King trivia, where I believe I had 25 questions and a Jeopardy game, uh, if you want to expand your knowledge a bit. So to keep it super simple, Simon, we're going to do one point each for the 21 questions, so 21 points total. Unfortunately for this episode, we don't have bonus points or double points, but further on down the road into next year, we're definitely going to have more trivia episodes and we'll be sure to have some heavier weighted questions to amp up one's score. But for now, we've got 21, one point a peach, a piece, (laughs) a peach. Um, I love peaches, but one point, I think what I did is I smashed together piece and each, and uh, they had a little Hindenburg in my mind. Ergo, (laughs) one point each, and I'm going to read each question twice. After I get through everything, we'll have a mini breather and come back with all the answers. So be sure to keep score at home with friends or you can share these with friends, Uh, whatever you want to do, they are for everyone. Once more, uh, before I forget, if I got any of these wrong, I'm pretty sure I didn't, but you know, I am human please let me know ASAP, guys, because I I gotta maintain face here. So, if I am... Uh, inaccurately spreading information that is, that is incorrect. Um, please let me know immediately, very, very important. So, As far as I know, everything should be 100% legit, but just in case, please let me know. Uh, you can write into the show at underratedsk at gmail or find us on any of the sh- socials. I would uh, super appreciate that. <laughs> so alright, let's kick us off with number one. In the 2013 novel, Dr. Sleep, what is the name of the New Hampshire hospice center Danny Torrance works at? Number one, in the 2013 novel, Dr. Sleep, what is the name of the New Hampshire hospice center Danny Torrance works at? Number two, from which Stephen King novel do we get the infamous phrase, maybe dead is better. Number two, from which Stephen King novel do we get the infamous phrase, maybe dead is better. Number three, in the novel Firestarter, what is the name of the Native American Vietnam veteran heavily scarred villain? Number three, in the novel Firestarter, what is the name of the Native American, Vietnam veteran, heavily scarred villain? Number four, in the story collection Hearts in Atlantis, what childhood object belonging to Bobby Garfield is found slash mentioned in all five tales? Number four, in the story collection Hearts in Atlantis, what childhood object belonging to Bobby Garfield is found slash mentioned in all five tales? Number five, in the novel Rose Matter, Rosie McClendon Daniels is asked to venture into a dilapidated temple, enter a maze, and retrieve what To bring back to the woman on the horse. Number five. In the novel Rose Matter, Rosie McClendon Daniels is asked to venture into a dilapidated temple, enter a maze, and retrieve what to bring back to the woman on the horse. Number six. Both the novel Dolores Claiborne and the TV miniseries Storm of the Century take place on a fictional Maine island. What is the name of the island? Number six. Both the novel Dolores Claiborne and the TV miniseries Storm of the Century take place on a fictional Maine island. What is the name of the island? number seven in the dead zone novel how many years is johnny smith in a coma number seven in the dead zone novel how many years is johnny smith in a coma number eight for the novel revival What classic science fiction and horror novel does King pay homage to, especially for the climactic ending? Number eight. For the novel Revival, what classic science fiction and horror novel does King pay homage to, especially for the climactic ending? Number nine. In the novel Bag of Bones, what is the name of the lake near Mike Noonan's property? Number nine. In the novel Bag of Bones, what is the name of the lake near Mike Noonan's property? Number ten. In the short novel The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, Boston Red Sox player Tom Gordon is Trisha McFarland's favorite. What position does he play for the Boston Red Sox? Number 10. In the short novel, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, Boston Red Sox player Tom Gordon is Trisha McFarland's favorite. What position does he play for the Boston Red Sox? Number eleven, in the hard case crime novel Joyland, what is the name of the ferris wheel at the center of the park? Number eleven, in the hard case crime novel Joyland, what is the name of the ferris wheel at the center of the park? Number twelve. In both the novel Joyland and Dr. Sleep, there is a carny word used throughout both stories that mean a fool or a sucker. What is this word? Number twelve. In both the novel Joyland and Dr. Sleep, there is a carny word used throughout both stories that means a fool or a sucker. What is this word? Number 13. In the novel Lisi's story, what is the physical item from Lisi's past that connects her to the fantastical, magical world known as Buya Moon? Number 13. In the novel Lisi's story, what is the physical item from Lisi's past that connects her to the fantastical, magical world known as Buya Moon? Number 14, in Under the Dome, toward the end of the novel, when our characters are desperate for oxygen, what do they use to receive air? In Under the Dome, number 14, in Under the Dome, toward the end of the novel, when our characters are desperate for oxygen, what do they use to receive air? Number 15. What is the name of the circulating newspaper in the city of Castle Rock? Number 15. What is the name of the circulating newspaper in the city of Castle Rock? Number 16. In the short story collection Just After Sunset, the story A Very Tight Place refers to a character being trapped in what kind of tight spot? Number 16. In the short story collection Just After Sunset, the story A Very Tight Place refers to a character being trapped in what kind of tight spot? Number 17. In the short story collection, Everything's Eventual, two famous historical figures are channeled in two separate stories. Which historical figures? Number 18, oh wait, I gotta read that one. (laughs) Whoops, 17. In the short story collection, Everything's Eventual, Two famous historical figures are channeled in two separate stories. Which historical figures? Number 18, from which Stephen King novel is the following quote from? He thrusts his fists against the posts and still insists he sees the ghosts. Number 18. From which Stephen King novel is the following quote from? He thrusts his fists against the posts and still insists he sees the ghosts. Number 19, in The Long Walk, which character is the first of many King characters to come that will be disemboweled and temporarily still live? Number 19, in The Long Walk, which character is the first of many King characters to come that will be disemboweled and temporarily still live? Number 20, in the novella 1922 from the Full Dark No Stars novella collection, Wilfred Dreams owns a Nebraska farm in the same town as Her Holiness Mother Abigail from The Stand. What is the name of the Nebraska town? Number 20. In the novella 1922 from the Full Dark No Stars novella collection, Wilfred James owns a Nebraska farm in the same town as Her Holiness Mother Abigail from The Stand. What is the name of the Nebraska town? Number 21. In the novel Duma Key at the art exhibition of main character Edgar Fremantle's paintings, what name is featured on the side of a ship in not one, but eight paintings? In the novel Duma Key, at the art exhibition of main character Edgar Fremantle's paintings, what name is featured on the side of a ship in not one, but eight paintings? Alright folks, that's all 21. Hopefully they didn't come across too convoluted, clunky, or confusing, the three Cs. Um, So hopefully all of them came to you pretty quickly, if not you might have to google one or two, I don't mind at all. Um, I was thinking about 17 does have two answers. Uh, Just to keep it simple, it's still worth one point, so you have to have both in order to get the point. Um, yeah, so we'll just be a little cold like that. Um, but all right, let's uh, let's uh, put our thinking caps on. Hopefully, you have all 21, and I'll see you in the next section where I will reveal all the answers. Alright King fans, young and slightly more seasoned, welcome to the answer reveal for our 21 questions. So I hope you got them all. I, yeah, they might be a little challenging if you haven't read the novels recently, but it's amazing what uh, can stay in the subconscious for a while um, having worked your way through King's titles. Alright, let's jump to it. Number one, in the 2013 novel, Dr. Sleep, what is the name of the New Hampshire hospice center Danny Torrance works at? Answer, Helen Rivington House awesome. Uh, That might be one of the only times I've said that correctly. Um, If you guys have listened to my episode on Dr. Sleep, every time I say the title of that hospice center, every single time I have botched it. It's just a super tongue twister for me. So when I say it really slow, it comes across nicely. So once more, answer Helen Rivington House. Awesome. Okay. Number two, from which Stephen King novel do we get the infamous phrase, maybe dead is better? Such a great quote. Answer, 1983's Pet Cemetery, which I believe is a direct quote from next door neighbor Judd Crandall. So, some of you guys might have thought that was a little bit easy, but you never know, might get confused with a different king title. So, number three in the novel Firestarter, what is the name of the Native American Vietnam veteran, heavily scarred villain? Answer John Rainbird. Oh, definitely one of my favorite bad guys this year. Super fascinating as he is someone who wants to worship Charlie and destroy her. Super good stuff there. Number four. In the story collection, Hearts in Atlantis, what childhood object belonging to Bobby Garfield is found slash mentioned in all five tales? Answer his baseball glove. So this one's used really well. It is scooped up by a character named Willie Shearman in 1960 and carried across time. Pretty cool. Number five, In the novel, Rose Matter, Rosie McClendon Daniels is asked to venture into a dilapidated temple, enter a maze, and retrieve what to bring back to the woman on the horse? Answer, a human baby. Yeah, it's crying and it's at the center of the maze. There's a minotaur, there's all kinds of cool Greek stuff in Rose Matter, guys. So I highly, highly recommend you give it a read if you're on the fence about it. There's lots of interesting stuff there. Number six, both the novel Dolores Claiborne and the TV miniseries Storm of the Century take place on a fictional Maine island. What is the name of the island? Answer... Little Tall Island. I love saying it. It's so cute. Little Tall Island. Number seven. In the Dead Zone novel, how many years is Johnny Smith in a coma? Answer: Five years. Five long years. Poor Johnny. I believe in the show uh, in which Oh, what's his name? Anthony Michael Hall plays Johnny. It's six years. So be careful. I do think that the show says six years, but in the actual novel, it is five. I do remember looking this up. However, for whatever reason, I'm nervous about it. I feel like I'm wrong. I feel like it could be seven, although seven is a really long time. So I think it's five, but I don't know why I feel uncertain (laughs) that it's five. So I think it's like from 1970 and then he wakes up in 1975, if I'm correct. But uh, you guys are the experts, so let me know if I fudged that one. <laughs> I would greatly appreciate it. Number eight, for the novel revival, what classic science fiction and horror title does King pay homage to, especially for the climactic ending? Answer. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but of course I highly recommend you guys read that one sometime in your life as Frankenstein is one of those that is just uh, it's it's really the leader of the pack when it comes to the very first science fiction novel as well as perhaps it is contested aside from Dracula which came I think after Um, Frankenstein as the first horror novel so it's one that you just got to do it just read read Frankenstein for sure number nine in the novel bag of bones what is the name of the lake near Mike Noonan's property answer dark score lake yep number ten in the short novel The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, Boston Red Sox player Tom Gordon is Trisha McFarland's favorite. What position does he play for in on the Boston Red Sox? Answer: Tom Gordon is a relief pitcher which is very interesting that he is Trisha's favorite. If you jump back to my coverage on The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, I'm a super duper fan of that little book, and I kind of talk more about why a relief picture is pretty unique. Number 11, in the hard case crime novel Joyland, what is the name of the Ferris wheel at the center of the park? answer the carolina spin super fun love joyland i would really like to ride that ferris wheel only because it's associated with so many things on that beautiful novel number 12 in both the novel Joyland and Dr. Sleep, there is a carny word used throughout both stories that mean a fool or a sucker. What is this word? Answer: Rube. R-U-B-E. Rube. Uh, this is really heavily used within the true knot of Dr. Sleep as they often say, Direct quotes of "just a rube" or "just rubes." It's also used quite a bit from the Carnies working the Joyland uh, ride and prize circuit. Number thirteen in the novel Lisi's story. What is the physical item from Lisi's past that connects her to the fantastical magical world known as Booyah Moon? Answer. A silver shovel yep so what's cool is if you guys do have a copy of the American hardcover there's actually a beautiful silhouette of the shovel on the front cover so that's how significant it is it's actually on the front cover of the novel number 14 In Under the Dome, toward the end of the novel, when our characters are desperate for oxygen, what do they use to receive air? Answer? Air from inside the car tires. Pretty cool scene. They uh, start grabbing some tires and inhaling as best they can. Number 15. What is the name of the circulating newspaper in the city of Castle Rock? Answer: The Castle Rock Call, C-A-L-L. So hopefully all constant readers got that one and it jogs a bit of memory. The Castle Rock Call. Number 16. In the short story collection just after sunset, the story A Very Tight Place refers to a character being trapped in what kind of tight spot? Answer? A porter potty that gets turned over. (laughs) I am horrified that I'm laughing about it, but that story, if you guys are thinking about channeling your inner seven-year-old boy and having a laugh at um some pretty nasty descriptions of the inside of a porter potty i recommend reading a very tight place granted if you're uh much too sophisticated for such juvenile endeavors avoid it but oh my god i uh yeah (laughs) a porter potty that gets dumped over Number 17. In the short story collection, Everything's Eventual, two famous historical figures are channeled in two separate stories. Which historical figures? Answer. Number one is John Dillinger. The famous American outlaw is featured in The Death of Jack Hamilton. And number two, Pablo Escobar, the notorious cartel legend, is featured in the story called In the Death Room. So yeah, check those stories out if you guys are interested or uh, a fan of fantasy history, which Quentin Tarantino plays with quite a bit in his films. Number 18, from what Stephen King novel is the following quote from? He thrusts his fists against the posts and still insists he sees the ghosts. Answer. This is calling all fans of the clown as this is said by young Bill Denbro from the novel It. This was a tongue twister used to assist him with his stutter. So that is from the novel, 1986 novel, It, and one of my all-time favorite king works ever, ever, ever in the history of ever. Number 19, in The Long Walk, which character is the first of many king characters to come that will be disemboweled and temporarily live? Answer hank olson he goes out with a wow um a blaze of glory no other way to put it and uh, we've got some intestines hanging out for poor hank before he he uh takes his exit from the novel but I have noticed, as many of us have, that is something that pops up quite a bit throughout King's work, but I believe Hank Olson, The Long Walk being King's first novel, he might be our first disemboweled character. Hank Olson, my favorite. Number 20. In the novella 1922, from the Full Dark No Stars novella collection, Wilfred James owns a Nebraska farm in the same town as Her Holiness Mother Abigail from The Stand. What is the name of the Nebraska town? Answer: Hemingford Home. Double H. Hopefully every constant reader got that one. Super duper famous location. Our last question, number 21. In the novel Duma Key at the art exhibition of main character Edgar Fremantle's paintings, what name is featured on the side of a ship in not one, but eight paintings? Answer, Percy, P-E-R-S-E, Percy. It is a she, but it is also an it and a very powerful sinister presence making her own presence known. So super climactic part of the novel, the name Percy. All right, guys, I hope you did well. I hope that you enjoyed those. I hope there weren't any that were ridiculously hard. Um, And I did have a couple, I think, uh, little easy ones, little uh, cookies for you celebrating this holiday season. So um, I super enjoyed cooking these up. I hope you liked them and had a little bit of fun. I have a feeling everybody scored high, but if not, no worries. I encourage you all to jump back to these books if you're interested or jump back to my previous episodes where I go in depth and talk about why these titles absolutely kicked ass. So thank you all so much for hanging out. That's all I have for this Trivia episode. As I mentioned previously, there are many more trivia episodes to come in 2021. So stay tuned for our next episode coming up here shortly, in which we go over the very best of our king year and hand out some awards to some favorites, those who shine bright, some bad villains, some leading ladies, some good sidekicks. We're going to hand out some awards here on the podcast for what Kim C loved the most. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy this week as we say goodbye to 2020. I appreciate and love all of you so very much. And if you haven't yet gone to Apple Podcasts and given me a five star, please, if you would be so kind, head over there and click the five star. And if you feel like spreading a little bit more holiday cheer, I welcome you to say something nice. Um, But if if not, uh, please adhere to Thumper's rule from Bambi. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So thank you guys so much. We have one more episode to round out the year. Um, so stay tuned for that and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.